hey, we're going to try this thing tonight. We got people out there listening to us, watching? Probably. Dancing? Maybe. Let's Maybe hope. Uh, we'll find out. Oh, I had a way to open the show tonight, and it's just kind of one of those nights. I forget. Welcome to No Driving Gloves, coming live to you from John's Hotel Room and Derek's house. Oh, like that? yeah. Welcome to No Driving Gloves, July 6th, 2022. Wow, Epis- did we just... Episode 200 and something teen. There did we go. We, did we just do what? Well, I don't know. It said live, and then all of a sudden it switched and said live and started a timer. So I'm wondering if we weren't actually live yet. No, I started a timer and um, made it go live. You're watching somehow on a delay. Rock on. I didn't have a fancy dancy opening. I just did this 30 second countdown. Well, look at that. Okay. We're already losing viewers. We need to liven this up and start talking cars. Okay. So, let's do it. Oh, I had the annoying thing that, oh, I'm just going to start. Um, Brandy and I talked about it. I don't know when we should put drop these in the show, but I'm going to drop mine at the beginning. Driver irritation of the week. When you're in a parking lot and you begin to back out of a spot or no, just back out of a spot. When did it become acceptable to just fly down a lane and to hell with everybody else? There's no caution or anything. If you're in the lane moving, to hell with anybody backing out of their spot, pulling into their spot. It's just, you know, and it's, it doesn't matter, I guess, if you know, it's the cars. The people do it when they're not in their car. I think we need to start running some of these people over. Uh, as more people die in the parking lots because they get run over because they're walking behind moving vehicles and not, you know, they, they do it without even a care. You know, I'm always cautious a little bit, you know, when I'm approaching a vehicle and the backing lights are on, I either swing wide, make sure that they're not moving, they see me, not just, oh, I'm going to keep walking by, keep walking by, keep walking by. And just, that's just me being, oh, ignoring the world and I'm in my own little place. That's what irritated me, not only this week, but probably the last 10 or 12 weeks. I back out of a lot of parking it is. And no, I I think it's a lack of common sense anymore, John. Uh, you know, I, I see it all the time. I hate it. You know, people fly down in their car, as you say, no caution. You know, I've almost been hit a couple times. But actually, one of the other irritations is on the flip side of that, people that don't understand how to back out of their spot and actually turn the steering wheel so that they back out into the lane rather than backing diagonally across the lane and then having to do a multi-point turn because they got too close to the car in the other parking spot on the other side, or in the case of this past Monday on our way back home, Ohio, the teenager in his Chevy pickup truck that literally backed nearly straight out of his spot backwards while we were trying to load the kids in the car that he had just seen getting in the car. And his comment when I said something about it as he was backing up and backing straight into where nearly the kids were standing, he was just like, well, I got a backup camera. I can see you guys. <laughs> no, that is not what it, the backup camera is a fourth mirror. That's all it is. You should not be solely paying attention to your backup. Cam. You need to look at your mirrors, your rear views, side rear views, all of that. Take in everything and back up. And also turn the wheels so the back end swings into the lane. Don't run over kids. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I have well, another driver irritation of the week, but that's that's just me going on yours. Well, I'll say we'll hit your driver irritation of the week um, I at the say. end. Is it some other? We'll pop it up in the middle of the show unless it ties in. Some ties in. Where was? It? Oh, and the thing I bought this um, cell phone holder for my car, and I had one in the cheaply constructed, and eventually the little pivot broke on it, so I bought another one, and it actually mounts much better in the car it's center mounted i can see it better when you punch it the the thing doesn't move except where it positions the phone it blocks most of my screen in my car now i don't have a touch screening so it's not that big of a deal except when the backup cameras on so i either can't have the phone in if i want to use the backup camera but what I'm finding I'm doing is I'm going ahead and putting the phone in where it is, blocking the screen. And guess what? Using my mirrors and looking behind me, and it works. It's it's amazing that such a complicated a procedure they've made overly complicated um, is so easy. Oh. Sorry, I, doing, I, I have a touch screen, and I forget that I'm <sighs> using the, the. He has a touch screen, and he's trying to use the camera all at once. I'm just uh, yeah. I'm very, very. I don't know if I can do this on this with the single screen. Does it let me? So, mm-hmm. if the listeners haven't figured it out yet, or at least the viewers that are watching live, John is in a hotel room tonight and doesn't have his full setup. So he's going to painfully walk through this episode of No Driving Clubs. <laughs> hey, but at least I'm completing my sentences and I don't sound too drunk. Too drunk. And yeah, I walked. Tonight it actually is the beer. I walked into the hotel tonight and we're serving burgers and we've got drinks and cookies. I said, well, can I take a beer back to my room? And he said, yeah, not a problem. He gave me a big handful of Michelob Ultras. I got Michelob Ultras to take home with me. There you go. So that's unfortunately I had already ordered my Uber, which I guess this is car related. Thank God Amazon bought Grubhub or came into some agreement with Grubhub. I am sick and tired of ordering Uber. Boy, it's a John bitch fest. And they just eliminate parts of your order and they don't call and tell you. They, you know, just poof, they're gone. And, you know, the poor driver tonight, she was so concerned I'd take back her tip, you know, because they forgot my meatballs with my uh, side of meatballs with my um, ravioli. And it's, I wasn't mad at her. It wasn't her fault. How do you know? What if she ate them? I don't right? know. I, I don't know. I got my $11 back for well, there you I can't believe they were $11. I don't remember them costing that much. That's that's an expensive uh, expensive meatballs. And since we're talking memories, let's see. Memories. Is that sharing properly? We, we really, um, I'm not seeing anything. Oh, oh I got to push this button. Now it's showing. There we are. At uh, Landers McCarthy in um, Fort Payne, Alabama. They have this... Brings back a lot of memories for me. Mercury Marquis station wagon, $23,000. It's a 77. The headlights actually work because I've seen it on the lot and they actually do close. I don't know why they're... So you can see that it has headlights. Yes. But it's got the fancy back seats and it's got the ones nobody ever remembers. Everybody remembers the GM rear-facing back seats. And you sit in the way back and you look at the cars. The Mercury, the Mercury had the ones that faced each other, didn't it? Yep. Because yeah. my, my grandfather had, uh, I think, the 78 model of this car. 
and instead of the beige wood paneling, he had the darker wood. But other than that, it's pretty much the same dang car. There's them fancy there they seats. Are. Yep. Yeah. And I remember once we had the seats up like that, and I stuck my hand behind it and got my hand stuck back there, and it eventually got me. I would have left you. Yeah, probably. Sure at night. Exactly. But I just thought I would throw that one out there for all the Malise listeners and say, you know, it said uh, Landers McCarthy, um, Fort Payne, Alabama. They also have two uh, square body Chevys, a mid 90s Suburban, and a 92 Cadillac Brome. If you're Ooh, in the market for it, hey. they just got the Brome in, and I'm going to be in Fort Payne next Thursday. And if you're there, it's just down the street from Wills, kind of, sort of. Yeah, you know, just around the corner, three hours, whatever. Um, I came Fort Payne to center, then I swung by Will's shop last week. Yeah, Will's out there somewhere. Yeah, I, he just messaged me, so I don't know what he's messaged me about. He probably goes, I want to be on the show, and I didn't send him a No, nah, I think he was talking to Jason. Oh, uh, yeah, that's what it looks like. Speaking of memories, remember when, when Will was on the show? Uh, he never showed up. He's just always so busy. We can still make fun of him. We can, but uh, he's a nice guy. Hopefully he's still having a good time out there. I guess we should probably say nodrivinggloves.com forward slash grip. Find out all about his next autocross. I know nothing. I don't know if he's got it posted. But I'm sure he's got a July edition of his autocross coming up. And it's just getting bigger and better. And I need to talk to him because I think no driving gloves should chip in some prize money for him too. Or buy a couple more cases of water. Or there we go. But I will not make the event this month. Throws of moving. I likely will not be there either. Oh, so we kind of talked memories, weren't we? Yeah. Sorry, I'm just pulling up some of the information you sent. There we go. Yeah, that's kind of why I, that's why I popped up that way again, is, you know, it makes me think grandfather. And ironically, my other grandfather, he, car, I'd love to have gotten off of him. He had a 80 um, Eagle, a little four-door, four-wheel drive Eagle. Mm-hmm. Um, drove that all the time. Before that, he had a East. Spirit, I think it was, a little silver car. And then he got the Eagle, which the four-door sedan. Uh, you know, he was a farmer, and I'm sure the four-wheel drive was probably a godsend to him. And then I think my uncle got the car after he passed away and probably beat the hell out of it as a farm vehicle eventually. You know, it's it's funny. You, uh, you have these memories of cars in your family, your grandfather's, you know, cars. And I guess thinking back, I don't. I don't think I have that. Um, the only thing I can remember that I wish I still had or that I had the foresight as a kid to save was, and I don't even remember right now what year it was, but kicking around the farm when I was a kid was the old Corvair uh, four-door sedan that like, my mom and her siblings used in high school. And, you know, after it was done, they were done using it. A couple of them, I think they just drove it around as you know, a car to use around the farm or you know, run into town and stuff. And then eventually it just got parked, right? And just sat around. And it kicked around probably into my early teens, I would think. And I never, I, I should have probably said, hey, I want that. And I never did. And I don't know why. I, I still kick myself to this day because I know it just got hauled off by some scrapper or something. It's long gone. But I don't have any cars that like I remember my 
you know, my grandpa driving or, yeah, you know, like I remember what he drove and, and what they drove, even my grandma. Uh, but none of them are cars that today I'd be like, oh man, I got to have that. You know, it's, it's something that brings back memories, things like that. It's, I, I cannot honestly think of a car that anyone in my family had that I would say that about, like, you know, like you're saying about your grandpa's. I mean, I, I remember them and, you know, it wouldn't be like the fifth or sixth car in my collection. But, you know, if I had a 20 or 30 car car collection, I might slip some. You know, they had the nice old New Yorker. and But it's kind of weird that, you know, my grandfather and my uncle and that, I mean, they got every dollar they put into those cars and trucks. They drove them into the ground, into the ground, into the ground. Their tractors, on the other hand, they kept them perfect. They'd wash them. They'd wax them twice a year. You know, when they traded them in, they were almost better than new. There was always a waiting list for when my grandfather was trading a tractor in. But their cars ran them into the ground, ran them into the ground. And not that they ignored them or abused them, but they got, every, like I said, every dollar out of them. And at a point, they became Flintstone mobiles and you would pedal them around with your feet out the floor. And But just, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that because... Honestly, everything I, my memories of my grandfather, at least on my mom's side of the family, are from the farm, uh, growing up as a kid. And so that's actually like everything I would hope to have uh, as a, a keepsake memory uh, that I remember him through uh, is farm equipment, right? So the, you know, the John Deere Model H that's still on the farm sitting in the barn covered up with sheets uh the although i i guess i never knew it in running condition when i was a kid but there's an old threshing machine that you know my mom talks about all the time running when she was a kid and of course grandpa would have been using it you know with the kids and you know like his drill press that's still in the work the tool shed as he always called it, you know, the tool shed, there's his drill press that I'd love to have someday just because of that connection, uh, that I had with, with my grandfather. And, uh, you know, so it's kind of funny. My memories aren't about cars with him. It's, it's about the farm and, and the equipment. Yeah. I've got the old, um, it, my, uh, my great grandfather was a, a tool and die maker for uh, international harvester. My other great grandfather, I believe was a tool and die maker for John Deere. And, um, at some point in uh, my great-grandfather's life, he built a uh, sharpening stone and a big wheel that's probably three feet in diameter and bin that would hold water and you'd pedal it. And, you know, I've got that from him and it's in my warehouse. I might be able to display it at the new place. It's just, you know, I don't know what you're supposed to what I'm going to do with it, but it's just something, you know, like you said, it's little things like that that you, re- you know, remember. Um, Sharpen your kitchen knives. That's what you got to do with it right there. It should be in the kitchen so you can sharpen your knives. We can allude to uh, Jason's comment. Did Brandy throw me out um, and I had to get a hotel? No. Not yet. This is part of work. No, but ironically, if I did that sharpen knives that way, especially her new ceramic ones, um, she, yeah, I probably stuck in a hotel. And then ironically, I believe she's actually at the apartment packing. So maybe she's actually throwing me out in the apartment. <laughs> she could be. She could be sneaking me. Go out ahead. Do it. Do it, Brandy. He's got hotels. 
<sighs> would have been much more prepared if I didn't have to spend another half hour on the phone. The points division, every state, no, no. I've got to talk to them about get my points. But they're good for, you know, two stays, get you a $50 Amazon gift card or Lowe's gift card or there's a few. But let's swing back to Memory. memories. And, and the memories of my grandfather, why I kind of went went there, um, went from the, the Mercury to the Eagle, because talk about these manufacturers or maybe even car models that we have fond memory, memories. Maybe bring them what we think they should they be brought back or it's always that conversation. Sometimes I don't think any of this stuff should be brought back and you can never remake something as you know good. You know, look at the Ford almost did with the O5 GT. Uh, but you know their 19 GT eh, they kind of blew it there. But I don't know where we want to go. Do we want to talk about the uh, slumbering automakers that are trying to claw their way back? Every now and then we see the new Packer or the new Duesenberg or oh, <laughs> no, I, you know, and it, it's funny because I think it goes into the conversation that you hear a lot of people have sometimes. Wow. John, you turn that off. Um, that's bad as, w- w- bad we, as Will used to be. No, no, no. This is probably Brandy probably yeah, commenting, probably saying, yes, you're right. You're don't come home. Uh, but you know, there's, there's always the people that talk about, they don't, they don't make them like they used to, uh, or they don't build them as good as they used to or something to that nature or effect. Right. And to me, that goes back to the whole, uh, what, what a lot of people refer to as the, you know, golden age of things. So, you know, a lot of people feel like they were born in the wrong time period. There was a golden age that they should have been born in. You know, for myself, I would probably say, had I been born right around the, you know, 1890s, because then I would have been teenage, early adult in some of the heyday of the automobile, even even maybe a little earlier. So I could have been, you know, in the 19 aughts, a little more involved and just that whole time period fascinated. by. But just because we're fascinated by that and, you know, we think that it was a golden era. I think we have to remember that, uh, we, we don't build things like they used to, uh, is actually a good thing. Uh, if we still built things like they used to, especially automobiles, there would be a lot more issues in this world. Uh, it's particularly, you know, automotive deaths in car accidents. Uh, you know, cars are, are built. They might not look as good anymore. They might not have the styling cues that everybody likes anymore, but you're a lot safer inside those cars. And just think if we had the cars of yesteryear and their accident ratings and the safety that they were, which was virtually non-existent and cell phone. Oh, what do you, what do you think? The, <laughs> you know, there's always been the co- comment that automotive deaths have kind of leveled out and our cars really getting safer, etc. But, I think if we eliminate cell phones, we would almost eliminate almost all automotive deaths. If you eliminated drinking and driving and I think cell phones, you would eliminate 95% of automotive deaths. Good odds. It's just, you know, they've made the cars safer, but we keep killing just as many people because people have to text and drive, John. Well, I don't know that we're killing as many people. You'd probably have to work out the percentage, right? Because, you know, 
a lot more people in the world, uh, a lot more people driving uh, than in the, say, 1950s. So you can't just go by the solid numbers of deaths per year. You have to make that a percentage of the population, right? And then figure that out because I don't remember the numbers exactly, but it was quite high in the 1940s and 50s, the amount of dying in the U.S. in automotive accidents because... For anybody that's listening that knows cars of the 1940s or 50s or even earlier, the the 20s, think really hard about how those were built and what the inside of those looked like. Most of them were solid steel, sheet metal dashes, uh, steering wheels that were some kind of metal that could break and be very sharp as you impacted them. Uh, And if you go even earlier in the 20s and even into the early 30s in some cases, you know, cars that were nothing more than a wood structure with metal wrapped around them. Uh, And by the way, plate glass windows in a lot of those early cars. Uh, Not not exactly the safest safest thing to be in in the middle of a wreck. Uh, Actually, for most of us that that go on, you know, drive early cars on the road, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I, well, you know, my 1919 Chevy 490 touring. Why don't you, why don't you have seatbelts in that thing? Why don't you retrofit seatbelts? Because if I'm in an accident, I want to be thrown as far away from that car as possible. I don't care how bad it hurts when I hit the ground. I don't want to be impaled by wood or a piece of a metal steering column or something to that effect, I want to be able to eject as best I can away from that vehicle. So, you know, it's, I know we're talking about memories, but it just, to me, it brings up that whole, oh, they didn't build them like they used to phrase. And I think we have to really think hard about that when we talk about memories and the way things used to be built and the way things are built. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all part, again, part of the memories and you, you saw brought up you know the, the what we remember about the older cars and you brought up the safety you know i sit here and i'd you know i'm in the market again for a, a second car to put miles on and i go oh you know it'd be great to have a crx or it'd be great to and the memory you know you can't do that stuff anymore i mean it's it's a it's a false memory it's never going to be i think the same experience or as good of experience no matter how much i lie to you and tell you it is um it's just cars have gotten so much better, not only safer, but easier to drive, easier to control, um, more comfortable and compliant. I mean, I compare the the, uh, the Mini S a lot to my CRX-SI. I think it's probably the current version of that, but they are worlds apart in cars. It's Mini so heavy, it's big, it's, I don't know. So when we sit back here and we think, well, Think of the NSX. The NSX was a great car. It revolutionized the uh, exotic car world. And that's, we all wanted the NSX back. And then we got the NSX and nobody bought it because it wasn't the old car. Uh, What else do we have that's kind of similar to that? that We wanted it back and we got it back. And it's just not. (laughs) I I will say one of my, my least favorite yet Still kind of own, want to own one, at least for a little while. The the comeback of the Pontiac GTO, the Holden Monero crossover. Uh, everybody was excited and pumped to have a GTO back, a muscle car back on the streets out of Pontiac. And it was it was kind of a dud. They brought 
the instead of building a new platform to build the car around and actually bring out a muscle car, they brought the Monero over, they put the Corvette engine in it, and slapped some GTO badges on it. So, you know, in thinking back to what the GTO was and, and someone who had an old GTO when he was a kid, which, mind you, a teenager probably should not have a 1974 or any GTO when they're a teenager. Um, but man, I loved that car. It was fun. Uh, it was not the, in, in my opinion, let's say it did not honor what the GTO was to America as a muscle car in the 1960s, early seventies, but it had to be that because it was, it had to meet federal standards. It had to meet federal safety standards, emission standards, so on and so forth, and keep going down the list. And the way to do that was to modify an already existing car that they knew would pass all of those, you know, an engine and a car that could pass all of that and make it an actual affordable, you know, project for the company. Disappointing to people who love the old GTO and wanted something back, but step away from that and look at the car. It's a pretty cool car overall for a, a 2005, 2006 era muscle car. It's not terrible. You've got Corvette power, you've got a four seat muscle car, and it doesn't have terrible style. It looks pretty good for what it is. Yeah. Jason commented that they picked up a, uh, yeah, GT this week. <laughs> I, I offered him cash money for that car, and he turned me down. I'm not going to say how much I offered him, but I offered him cash money, and he turned me down. I'd probably say I'll double what Derek offered you. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd probably still turn it down. <laughs> no. Uh, and, you know, there's another one, the, the Camaro that came back. You know, I know I know people that love that car. I know people that hate that car. I know the guy that designed the car at GM. And, you know, it's there. It, it, here it is again. It, it has in this case, it has retro style, unlike the GTO they brought back, which did not have retro style. And, you know, there are people that love the fact that it's retro style. GM is not a big retro style company, uh, whereas Ford tends to be a little more in that retro design world with the Mustang. And uh, at least, the, as you said, John, the first iteration comeback of the GT, it attempted to capture that retro feel. And, you know, GM really never went big into the retro design. They, they dabbled forget, in it, but... We forget the SSR and the, uh, what, HR... HHR. We don't have to forget them. I'm just saying those those are minor, uh, you know, minor design vehicles in the history. It's not like the Ford Mustang at Ford, which is a massively produced vehicle over the decades. You know, when they decided to retro style it, uh, I can't remember the year they brought that retro style out right now. It's either 05 or 06, I believe. Yeah. And, I mean, they're still kind of carrying that retro feel of the Mustang on. GM never really has done it as big as they have with, let's say, the Camaro is their big retro-style vehicle. And, you know, I, I, like I say, I know people that absolutely love it. I know people that think the design cues are off on the car, and they don't like it. Uh, so, you know, it's which way are you going to go? I think GM got it. I've never been a big fan. I don't care what generation i've never been a big but i think gm got it close to right when the first ones came out 
uh, whatever that was, 09? Oh, I, I, I thought you meant in 67, 68, and 69. Um, I was like, yes, yeah. they got it really right then. Yes. Uh, I see. I, I, I was never a fan of that either. But they, I don't think they've improved it. I think the Mustang, well, both the Camaro and Mustang, I think it went the same way and the styling, squishing the fronts, small profile headlamps, things like that. I just, Ford somehow has transitioned, you know, over the last, what would that, damn near 20 years yep, and close. convinced it's, it's went that way. General Motors, it just kind of seems, kind of went to the parts bin and then designed around it and designed around it. Um, I can't believe there's been three generations of that Camaro since uh, whatever it was, 10. And really, the Mustang's only on its second or third restyle since 05. And what I don't understand is 08, 2022 with the same damn car, Fiat or Stellantis. I mean, the Challenger is still one of the best-selling cars in that segment. I know it outsells the Camaro. And... Other than change the taillights, have they really done anything? Not a lot, but that brings up something I saw the other day, and I thought it was very interesting. I, I want to know more, but I know I'm never going to track the car down, and I'm never going to find out about it. But I was on my way to work in the morning, and I was on 40, headed west out of Nashville after the 24-40 split, uh, just before my exit to get off for the lane. And I noticed a Challenger coming up behind me. But it looked very strange. And I noticed it had a roof rack on and two fairly large off-road tires on the roof rack. And I was like, this is interesting. And so I kind of slowed down a little more than normal to take the exit and like get up beside me. And again, man, I just I wish I knew more about what this person was doing and, and kind of what they're, you know, doing with this challenger. Because they had put fairly large wide body kit on the rear end to the quarters and it had street tires on it at the time, but you could see it had a bit of a suspension lift and those tires that were on the roof rack were for the car. They were for that car and the car was pretty dirty and you know, wasn't exactly in pristine condition. It, it had some dings and scratches and things like that. I, I honestly think someone was using it as like a, a off-road endurance vehicle or something. Like I say, I wish I knew more about it because it seemed really interesting. I uh, was tempted to continue following it and chase them down, but anymore these days, uh, you know, you don't know what had happened if you tried to do uh, And I had to get to so. Well, that, that's, I know that's a whole niche of cars that's becoming popular because Porsche's reintroducing a 911 Safari. Lamborghini's introducing a Safari edition of the Huracan and it's Safari edition of the Challenger. And it's not that outlandish because you can get an all-wheel drive Challenger. So you can still lift a two-wheel drive vehicle, but it's different. I mean, it's not, I guess I've also never seen a gasser take a new Challenger and make it into a gasser where you hike up the front end. (laughs) But yeah, just get a good. Well, actually, I mean, well, they don't hike up the front end, but I mean, if you get the, oh, what is it? Which package is it? Is it the Hellcat or the one that comes with the whole drag, the the whole box? Oh, the drag, the the old pack. The deal, Demon used to come with it. Had a drag pack, drag pack for it. I mean, you were getting kind of close there. You got the skinny, narrow front tires and, uh, you know, all that. So you just get that. You lift that front end, give it a little gasser. 
not that I'm a fan of the gassers. There's a memory I would like. Gassers? What's yeah, wrong with gassers? Just, it's just not a style I like. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just not a style I like. I mean. Yeah, that's right. They sit too high for you. You like those mini trucks. I forgot. The frame ain't scraping. You've been taken. Ah, <laughs> uh, wow. There's also another bumper sticker from that era, but he probably can't say it anymore. Probably too. I probably, I probably. Yeah, but I probably. No, oh, Lord. <laughs> <sighs> so what other memories are there? What I mean, we're, we're going down the path of the Challenger and, and, you know, that actually the Challenger and Charger thing and, and you starting out with Mercury Wagon makes me think of the Magnum, the Dodge Magnum. I remember I, the Magnum. I really, as a station wagon, I really liked the Magnum. It had a good look. Oh, I thought you were talking like the '77 Magnum. No, I'm talking about the new, the newer, the you know, the Dodge Magnum wagon. Yeah, da- damn reuse of nameplates there. Well, there, you know, there again, reusing nameplates. We've talked about that on the show, before, right? I mean, and and think about it, like one of the ones what we talked about within the last, let's say, ten episodes, Ford Lightning. Right. Yeah. They're they're going to use the lightning name again on a truck, but it's going to be electric. Yeah, that's because they listen to our podcast, you see, and they realize they misnamed the Mustang Mach-E and it should have been the show-E. Exactly. Exactly. Still. Think yeah. Uh, CTS wagon is best looking wagon. Yeah, I, I, I will agree with that, Jason. Um, I think I've mentioned on the show before. If I, I don't was to own one, I'd I, like the CTSV. I don't think the CTS wagons age that gracefully. I just saw one uh, today, as a matter of fact. It, w- it was a 3.6. It wasn't the V. But I just don't think that car, I don't think the CTS or the CTS wagon has aged that graceful. It's just... Mm. Uh, See, the CTS coupe to me, oh, killer lines. Black, dark tinted windows. That's where it's at. Uh, my stepfather had a CTS coupe. And I don't know. That was probably about the same time I got, you know, I don't. It just... I think the ATS coupes actually look better, and I don't know why, but the CTS just kind of is big in the wrong place. It's got a it's got a big butt, and so did the uh, so did the the wagon, and the wagon had those really really fat C pillars. Uh, I'm not saying that the Magnum wagon was much better; it had its challenges too. I just I, don't get so me here's wrong. My, here's, back, here's, back in twelve and fourteen, I would have you know given a lot. We'll say for a CTS V six speed, blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah. But I don't think I'd be on the boat to buy one today if if I won the four hundred million dollar lottery this weekend. I'm not going. You know, that wouldn't be a car that would be in my top one hundred to buy. Seriously? Wow! It would it would be in mine. It would be in my bigger question though. Seeing John just said it does have a big butt. Uh, does Sir Mix a Lot approve? Because if Sir Mix a Lot would own it, I mean we. You got to own it, right? I don't think he discusses it in the song Cars. Well, we, yeah, maybe we need to get him on and, the show. And really, that butt ain't round. Well, that's true. It's <laughs> very angular. <laughs> uh, but the question is, does it got it going on like a turbo vet? I don't know. Dial 1-800-MIX-A-LOT. <laughs> Speaking of memories, we, we just lost any millennial that listens. Uh, I don't know if we would have necessarily lost a millennial as long as we kept it into uh, Baby Got Back. But yeah, if we started getting into Testarossa and my Hoopty and yeah. my Benzo. Yep. Man, there was just somewhere I was going to go. I had to get the Mix-A-Lot thing in and I completely forgot. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. So memories, and you're talking about 
you know, cars your grandpa's had or whatnot. And then you just throw out the, if you win the $400 million lottery this week, it wouldn't, the CTS, V, coupe, wagon, whatever, wouldn't be in your top hundred. What would be your top memory car? Doesn't have to be number one in your list of, of cars that you would buy if you won the lottery, but what would be the one memory car you would buy if you did have that 400? I would imagine anybody in the uh, chat could answer that question when it comes to... I think we have like two people in the chat tonight, John. Yeah, but I imagine either one of them could go ahead and say, John's going to be right out there to buy a second-gen CRX. There you go. I kind of assumed as much, but you never know. When you got $400 million, it, it you know you oh, could have it, it, had gonna... one that bumped up because of sentimental value. Nope, it's going to be the CRX, and then I, I probably, you know, I'd like to have... The lower to Zuzu again, but I might lean to an S10 this go around if I had 400 million. Uh, see, Jason said CRX, probably just a little bit of a time delay there. But um, I can't remember how I was going to go. But what's yours? Since we're just throwing that out there. Oh, top memory car? I'd probably got have four, to. Got 400 million. You're going to check. What would be your top memory car? And would it change if you had $400 million? No. To the, to the second. No. I would hunt down the. <laughs> I, I found the serial number, VIN number recently of the 74 GTO I used to own, and I would hunt that car down again because it's the one car that has been sold that we didn't keep. And now I'm like, mm, wish I still had that car. Uh, you know, ah, Jason, it, yeah, the Beretta, and it wasn't a GTU, it was just a G. Uh, so, but no, the Beretta wouldn't. I'd wouldn't do an Indy. I'd do an Indy before I did it. I'm yeah, just like, but I just, if I was if I was to get one, it'd have to be the GT. It would have to be a '93 black, the Beretta GT, um, teal and and purple decal. Uh, the only thing I would change is I probably would try to hunt down one that was a six speed. Mine was an automatic. Six speeds were a little more. Now there is. If we're going to narrow it down to a single single car, and I just talked about this with my dad recently. There was a. 1984 Dodge 600 ES turbo convertible built in purple, one-off car for a lady that always ordered her Chryslers in purple. And it was the last car Chrysler ever pulled off of a line in custom paint. And if I could come across that car again, and I know it exists and I know it's in a collection, I just don't know what whose collection. If you had that in front of me and a CRX and the numbers were correct uh, pricing-wise... It would be a really hard to say which one I would say yes to first. I'd still go home with them both, but, but I don't know. I've I've always liked the old 600 ES turbo convertible we had. We had black with a gray interior with a black top, but that purple, it was a purple one with a gray interior and a white top. I, uh, I don't know. That one, I should have bought the damn thing when I had a chance, but it didn't sell for that much, and I should have bought it, but should have totally messed up, John. Yeah, totally should, messed up. Should have, could have, and would have. Mm-hmm. So, did we do See, that? See, it seems like your dad had a lot of kind of cool and interesting cars as you were growing up. You know, my my dad, my parents, we didn't. My dad had trucks, right? He's he's just a, a Chevy truck guy. He's always worked GM, uh, so we always had Chevy trucks. I remember many of his Chevy trucks. Uh, at one point we did have the, oh man, I want to say it was like 89, maybe 1989, uh, Olds Cutlass Calais. Uh, it was a two door, but of course mm-hmm. had the back seat because, you know, my sister and I had to ride the back seat. Was it? Yeah. It was built off the Grand Am platform. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to remember the car. It was blue. Pretty sure it had a blue interior, cloth interior. Yeah. Now, there's probably a picture of it somewhere. But, you know, we never really, I guess my, my parents never had crazy, you know, interesting cars like your, it seems your dad had. Like I said, I, trucks, the cars. Uh, you know, at one point, my mom had a Dodge minivan. Well, and that's where I'm going. And I can't say dad's had that many crazy outlandish cars because he bought a caravan in 84, one of the, actually 83, one of the first ones, if not the first one to be delivered in the, and he drove a caravan from 84 to 93. And then he uh, got his Lexus and drove that 93 to 96. And then he got his Dodge Ram 1500 four-wheel drive pickup with a plow on it because he needed a plow again. And he drove that until probably 01 or 02 when he went back to a caravan. And uh, Jason, uh, you used the wrong word there. John's dad still has a suite. They never got rid of it. They still have it. Yeah, we still have it. Mm -hmm. And I was going to say, I mean, I can go down that list. We had the uh, 69 Chevelle SS. We had the 70 Charger. Then we had the Dodge Aspen um, station wagon. Then we had the 81 Charger 2.2. And then it's it kind of gets fuzzy because there's company vehicles that get slipped in there. But when the char- Charger 2.2 got wrecked, we went to a Rampage and used the, a Dodge Rampage as a family of four car for a, few, or for a year or so when we bought the um, Dodge 600 convertible, which was kind of my mom's car. Then dad got his caravan. And then mom got a 87 LeBaron turbo convertible, the pace car edition, which if anybody's listening before I put it on eBay or anything, I have all the graphics for it, all the stickers that go to it, the key that goes to it, uh, the custom pace car key, the wall graphic that went into the dealership, all of that. If anybody's got a 87, all the pace car stuff for, I don't know if, you know, it's what 40 year old stuff now. 35-year-old stuff. So I doubt if the decals in that work, but I have them. Um, and after that, um, well, he was stayed with caravans, and then they got divorced, and my mom got rid of the LeBaron for a 91 Grand Prix GT, and then she got rid of that for a 94 Mustang, and then that became Dad still in caravans. And he granted the Viper slipped it. But um, the Mustang became what the Mustang became, but it became something else, which became a PT Cruiser, one of the first PT Cruisers ever delivered back when they were cool cars. And then that became, I think, a Ford Fusion and they're into Cadillac. You know, so. you you reminded me of one vehicle that I probably would, would be a memory vehicle from family. On the farm, we had, my aunt had a 1996 90, 95, 96, somewhere right in there. Uh, Dodge Ram pickup, obviously Dodge Ram. Don't have to say pickup, but anyway, well, they had the Ram vans, uh, but anyway, Dodge Ram pickup, it, but it was a regular cab, short box, 2500 series, and it had a dealer installed three inch lift and it had the V10. That truck was an absolute blast. Uh, I had way more fun than I should have in there. And it was just really freaking cool. And I would pro- I would own a tr- another 95, 96 era Dodge Ram set up the way that one was. If I couldn't find that exact one, I 
would find one set up the way that was because it was just it looked good it drove good i wouldn't what, want to what it year right did now you say gas prices but what year were you saying again oh v10 what year what yeah. year it was 95 96 because yeah. he got the he bought a dodge 3500 chassis um in 94 and he still has that it's got a a, you know, a box on the back and it was a box truck. And then his, his 96 Ram went away because they have a tendency for the brake lines to rust through and he was plowing his driveway really steep hill and the brake line exploded. He ended up crashing Indian toe. It was the tree or it was, the, it was the um, lake across the, across from his driveway. That was nice of him. But um, Jason, I don't know if you remember 2001 or really it was um, early 2000. They were selling for crazy, crazy money, uh, uh, market adjustment type cars. And people wanted them and people wanted them. And uh, my stepdad saw saw one on a carrier. Actually, there were four of them. And he followed it to the dealership. And um, he went in and asked him. And they said, well, that one's not sold. And he said, it is now. <laughs> that's that's how he got hit. And they played with it for a few years. But, you know, eventually PT Cruisers became what they're thought of as now whole thing got destroyed by the chevrolet hhr exactly which as a panel truck was kind of a cool truck neighbor had one of those and uh, i don't know that was some good memories john good memories i remember the old chevy s10 baja 4x4 jason <laughs> they were interesting and what was the uh two, the two-wheel drive version of basically the same truck was the durango wait what say that again well, you remember the uh, Chevy S10 Baja that he was talking about here. So yeah. four by four, and there was a two-wheel drive version. Didn't have the roll cage, but it was kind of the. And I want to say it was the Durango, but the all you know it was just a custom paint job and some custom wheels. It would say it down the side of the, the above the body line the corner. I don't think it was Durango. That doesn't sound right because the Dodge would have already been using the Durango name in the nineties. I'm trying to think of what they even called the Durango. Right, now we're just now we're I'm just, sorry, I'm trying to figure out what the Yeah. Now wait, are you talking so there's the Baja, you're not talking about the Cyclone, are you? Oh, no, not the Cyclone or the Typhoon. Oh, the Durango is the the SU, but no, that didn't come out until 95 or 90. Sorry, I'm going to look this one up and then we'll go ahead and clear the show. Wow, I really do not I don't, There it is. I do not remember the Chevy S10 Durangos. Huh. I found them. Yes, I the, they're in the 80s, 83, 88. Yeah, that's a different. There was a, a spec around 91, 92. 91 S10 Durango. Yeah, right collectors there. beware. Rare first yeah. edition S10 Durango. All right. Well, the Durango name sure has been used a lot. Ford Durangos, Chevy Durango, Dodge Durango. Jeez. Can't tell if this one's still for sale or not. It's only got 121,000 miles on it, and it's an 82, so it's probably somewhere around $18,000. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, we solved that. We solved the world's problems. So let's let's wrap up Noobs. I just was giving you a hard time, piece of cruiser. I inquired about one. What? I was reading Jason. He was just giving me a hard time about the, the PT cruiser. Oh, Lord. He said his mom was interested, so they sent in and got the info packet and sent him a matchbox. I had all kinds of die cast pieces, and if you'd like to add to your collection. Oh, but 
I think we discussed memories. I don't know if we discussed memories the way we wanted to, but we talked cars, yeah. we talked memories, and we talked some bitching. Oh, you've got a bitch to do, and then we'll close out the show. Oh, that's right. I completely forgot about it. Yeah, so my uh, my gripe of the week, if you will, um, why people are tuning their cars the way they are in some cases. Um, two things that really bother me. The guys with diesel trucks that I believe it's called rolling coal, uh, when they tune their engine so rich that they just blow black smoke out of their custom uh, exhaust pipe that usually comes up out of the hood or out of the bed of the truck and tries to be like a semi. Uh, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't. That, that, that's a status this. thing, Derek. If you no, had, it's if you, not. If you no, had the kind of money to turn six dollar a gallon diesel into black smoke, no, because those are the same guys that are complaining about the price of diesel right now. But yet they got their truck tuned to blow out black exhaust anyway. And the other one on the internal combustion gasoline side of things is the tuning your engine to make it backfire while you're driving uh dumping so much fuel that you can you know tweak the throttle and and get it to backfire literally is same parking lot where the guy using his backup camera the kid using his backup camera uh came way too close to backing into the acadia and my family Uh, you know it wasn't two minutes before that i heard some import going by and he was blipping his throttle enough to have his tune set and it literally was just like, I mean, all it was doing is back. It's like, you know, usually when we start an antique car and it's backfiring like that, we we try to adjust it so it stops. But now they're tuning it so it does that. Like, I, I don't get it. I know it, I'm it, a little old man it's, and get it's, off it, my lawn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, they're, they're, um, yeah the characters will just say Clint Eastwood. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a race car thing, I think, for that because race cars do it. So you know, when you can backfire again, gas through your exhaust, it's just completely unburnt fuel, and you just waste. It's a it's showing how fast you go and how much money you have to waste. Yeah. See, Derek became a dad. Derek. Exactly. I'm. A, I've always been a little old. Now he's just really not just because I'm a dad. Now he's got kids to use his. Exactly. Get off my lawn. I got a story, but uh, probably I don't know if the statute of limitations has run out. But <laughs> I was talking to somebody about writing a book the other day. You got to be careful because sometimes, you know, double check that statute of limitations because he had a buddy write a book or something and had two two or three of his friends go to jail. Don't wow. know how true the story was, but <laughs> the names were changed to protect the or the Evidently guilty. not well enough. <laughs> or the guilty. I don't think the guy changed the names. Ah, that's. <laughs> Always change the name. Yeah, I think it was an autobiography or something. And when it's an autobiography, it has to be true. If it's not true, it's not an autobiography. Hence the story. And it was believed to be true. And I believe the, the way it was told. And can't remember who was telling me it. So I can't tell you. I think I know, but I can't quite tell you the whole parameters. But we were supposed to end with your, uh, your bitch. Yeah. So, well, I wish so I wrap had, it up. Wish I had my sound effect board. Oh, uh, Jason likes rolling coal with that. I'm going to get out of here. I'm done. Later. I'm done. Wait. See nope. You next, nope. See you next week. Calls to action. No driving gloves.com. Check it out. 
nodrivinggloves.com uh, backslash coffee if you want to buy us a coffee. If we're actually providing you anything of value, you can provide us some things of value with a cup of coffee. Um, all the back episodes, everything coming up. Uh, working on updating the Amazon pages. Uh, should be ready for you in Prime Day. Prime Day in six days. Oh, and I guess we should have said it. I think Derek and I are going to shift the old uh, broadcast to Thursday nights. If any of our regulars have a problem with that, let us know. We'll consider it. But I think we're going to shift to Thursday nights at 9. It's going to fit both of our schedules a little bit better, especially me after uh, the move. But again, audio still comes out every Friday morning, and that's going to be the whole goal. So with that, I'm out of here. See you.